0: Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic is policies versus potshots. Grab yourself a cup of coffee or tea, strap on your running shoes or pick up your knitting needles or crochet hook and join us. I'm Pastor Amanda Zensalo and I serve as the pastor at Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon,
1: and I'm Don Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. Okay, so you came to me with this topic because the National Prayer Breakfast was recently happening. Yes. And you have feelings about this.
0: I do. I watched uh, what I could find online of the National Prayer Breakfast, which was, of course, the response by President Trump to the speaker. And it wasn't until three or four days later that I was able to actually find a transcript of what the speaker had shared. So we will link what the speaker shared. I think it was a really brilliant speech that he offered. Okay, and the National Prayer Breakfast to my knowledge, has
1: been happening since about the 40s, I think. I actually don't know the history of it. I think I caught that somewhere, and we'll verify that. And it's something that's supposed to be nonpartisan and nonpolitical for the most part.
0: And I would hope, I thought, kind of unifying and for all faiths, not just a specific tradition, but honoring the many faiths of our great country. That we have diversity in faith and a diversity in practice within our country. That's part of what makes the United States a powerful faith place, I guess I want to say. Mm -hmm. But I did not necessarily see that in the remarks that I watched. So I think in this particular podcast, it will be clear that I did not agree with the actions taken by the president during that. But what we want to talk about in this particular podcast is how to talk about our political leaders or our elected officials or, frankly, anyone in our community that is serving as a leader, how to critique something and how to talk about something with it being about policies and not about just potshots. Exactly.
1: And by potshots, maybe we should start there next We're talking about not critiquing somebody for physical appearance or anything else. We're talking about the words that they're using.
0: Yeah, totally. We looked up the etymology of the word, right? We looked up the history of the term pot shot because we wanted to see where that even came from. Sure. Make sure it wasn't a hidden racist term. And the history of that word is taking the easy shot just to get something in the soup pot. Sure. Right? So it's not about honoring the creature that you're going to be finding sustenance from. It's not about being skilled with your hunting technique. It really is about how do I just get this finished so that I can eat and get what I need. Mm -hmm. And so when we talk about pot shots in this kind of conversation, what we're discussing is how can we advance the level of critique that we offer. So we're not just saying, well, they have a bad haircut, so I don't want to listen to them. Sure. Or their skin color makes it stupid for me to have to pay attention. Right. Because that's on a whole bunch of different levels that gets us nowhere. Yeah. It's an easy hit to take. It's an easy hit to make. And it's easy to shame someone into silence, sort of belittle someone. Yeah.
1: Mocking is not necessarily getting at the heart of the matter, and it's not going to help.
0: Right. But when you're in an emotional reactive state... A lot of us go to those kinds of quick pot shots, and Mm -hmm. and we do it in our relationships too, right? Oh, absolutely. When we're in an argument with our beloved, and we don't want to have to take the time to bring forth a cogent argument about why it is that placing the dirty dishes on the counter instead of three feet away into the dishwashing machine is not the right choice— we can easily take a pot shot and be like, you just never want to take that next step, do you? You're just so lazy, Mm -hmm. right? Rather than finding the way to have the deeper conversation. And at this stage in our political turmoil, and especially as we head into such a hard year Mm -hmm. because of the election year, I think that it is more and more imperative and I'm going to call it and say, as people of faith, like this was specifically a national prayer breakfast. This was particularly a faith based political event. Yep. And this was someone being very public in the name of Christianity, because that was all that he lifted up in a way that was disconnected and felt phenomenally hypocritical the actual teachings of jesus sure and so i could take as many pot shots as i would want but i think that it is beholden to us as people of faith to take it deeper and to say here are the policies and here are the reasons why this was heresy or this is an unacceptable stance and it's harder it takes more work it's scary And it opens you up to receiving potshots. Oh, absolutely. Right? Like 100% people can come back and just lambast you or slice you with arrows or stab you in the back. Totally know that. And I think that our faith calls us to do this. So with potshots, we're talking about taking an easy insult, making an easy way to shut somebody down based on anything that would be a protected status, gender, race, Age, size, all the easy stuff. Sure. Disabilities, any of those things that you could turn that into a hate crime and be prosecuted. Sure. (laughs) If you ramped it up enough, right? So let's stop mocking the president's body shape. Sure. Right? This is the same week that there's a meme going around from an official photo that is mocking the color of his face. Like, frankly, that doesn't get us anywhere, and it doesn't change policies. Let's talk about how when you stand in front of a national place and you say, we are working to make every life sacred in this country, at the same time, the children are being taken from their parents and handed to Christian adoption agencies and being lost in the system while the parents are still looking for their children back. Let's talk about how that's kidnapping and is completely counter to the Christian message and in no way honors the sacredness of those lives and that family. That's a critique that we can sit down with with our faith and values and understand why this is completely the inappropriate thing to do based upon our belief in Christ.
1: It's fascinating to me and I'm not sure it's because it's not being reported or if it's not actually happening. The way there hasn't been a lot of taking to task of the policies that are currently in place for some of this by more of the faith leaders in this country. I know fairly recently I read an article about whoever wrote an editorial to Christianity Today saying that they believed the president should be removed and took a lot of flack for that. Oh, a ton. Mm-hmm. And it's fascinating to me that we can't have these conversations even among the faith leaders in a way that is, I want to say, helpful instead of hurtful.
0: Well, and I think it's going to be hurtful because we're disagreeing. Well, hurtful in the way that you're... Pot pre- shots. Exactly. Yeah. When we're doing it just to, to be intentionally hurtful, that's one thing. These kinds of conversations are going to stir a lot, be very agitating. Oh, sure. And be very like difficult to understand because we disagree on how we interpret scripture. And because we disagree on how we interpret scripture, we disagree on what it means to move forward with things, right? So there are a lot of us who feel very strongly about immigrant rights based upon how we read the scripture, that we look at the Hebrew scriptures on hospitality, and we look at the scriptures within the New Testament, and we look at how many times the word alien or stranger comes into play and how God has always been about welcoming that outsider through all of our Hebrew and Greek scriptures. And so we feel very firmly rooted in our response of compassion to the immigrant, to the refugee, to the asylum seeker, which is why the Lutheran Church has been working in refugee resettlement and advocacy for decades, long before President Trump. We were fussing against President Obama's policies because President Obama deported more immigrants than any president before him. Wow. And so we were active in advocating then. This is not about Republican or Democrat. This is about policy and what our scripture, our belief and our interpretation of scripture calls us to advocate for. And in this kind of an instance, on the other perspective is an entire reading or interpretation of scripture that somehow reads it differently. And I have yet to have someone who is a believer in the prosperity gospel and a, you know, mega church leader, celebrity pastor, who will sit down and explain how that is scripturally based and how that perspective of we need ours no matter what the cost to others, how that can be rooted and grounded in the message of Christ. And so I I don't understand, but the lack of ability to sit down and have the conversation without being told that I'm a demon temptress leading my people to damnation because I'm a female leader.
1: Well, here's the problem.
0: I have a hard
1: time just listening to some of these things because it is so opposite of what my worldview is mm-hmm. that I find myself not even paying attention to what a lot of the mega churches and televangelists and who's and what's not are saying, along with the president, because I am uninterested in spending my time listening to that, and which is somewhat on me. It totally is. Yep. And if I'm willing to make some changes, I'm going to have to gird my loins and start paying attention
0: and it's hard and it's super hard I mean I sat for 26 minutes and listened and I'm impressed I I wow and tried to hear right tried to listen for tell me the reason for your policy tell me like I'm going to ignore these pot shots you're taking at gifted leaders because that to me is not an argument that to me is not a useful tool in our religious conversation context. So just as I ignore the street preachers who yell at me as I'm protecting the LGBTQIA community and try to pull the focus of the street preachers to me during Pride, sure, and just as I ignore the curses they speak into my ear, I'm going to ignore the pot shots, but I'm looking to the policy to say, tell me why you think, how is this creating God's kingdom in a way? that is equitable and just and fair and loving, give me the information on it. Give me your basis. And if you can't, then I'm going to counter it Mm -hmm. with saying, yes, and Christ came for all. And your actions here in taking food benefits away from millions of people, thousands of people at the least, that is not valuing the life of the children on the poverty line. And you can't have hungry children be successful and not come up in a world where they're going to grow with resentment and have make choices that are not choosing life, right? So it's this disconnect, and it's a challenge. And I hear in our culture right now, especially as we head in this election year, this, mm-hmm. you know, people aren't listening to each other. The liberals on the left just won't listen to anybody, and the closed-minded Selfish people on the right won't listen to anybody. And, and this continued bifurcation of our culture that does nothing but leave a few people with a lot of power. Yeah. Because the more divided we are as a populace, the less we can work our power together. Sure. And the easier it is for individuals to hold on to power. I think that's a very common technique throughout history in order to keep communities controlled And at the same time, if all we do when we get together on the two sides is throw pot shots at each other and be like, oh, you're stupid because you don't wear renewable clothing and you like to use plastic and you're just destroying the planet because you're stupid. And the other side said, yeah, but you just only care about the things you care about. And you don't understand that I need these things to make my life, you know, right? Like Mm -hmm. if those are the only ways that we argue with each other, we're never going to actually get to the heart that I think people in North America The vast majority want children to have food on the table, and they want people to have jobs that give them hope and make them feel useful, and they want to know that they're going to be able to have a time in their life where they can stop working and be quiet and tired when their bodies are tired. And I think members of my generation want to imagine a day when we aren't paying huge student loan debts. Sure in order to have professional jobs that will give us a chance at retirement. And I think that we want a world where our kids and grandkids are going to have air to breathe and food to eat. I think we just come at it in different ways. But when we're so busy just insulting each other and hurting from the insults and the pot shots, we never actually get to the content and the meat and understand where our hearts are. And if this is the public face of Christianity in our world right now, If this cruelty, if this harshness, if this inability to listen to one another is how Christianity is seen, then absolutely Christianity is going to die in North America. And it should. (laughs) Right? Sure. Fine. Then trust the resurrection process on the other side of it. And let's bring this to the cross because this is untenable. And it's not going to see us through. It's not going to bring our country and our world to a place that is God's kingdom. So I don't know. There was a lot for me <laughs> <laughs> listening to the National Prayer Breakfast this year. And what the speaker said was brilliant, I think. Hard. I mean, he's definitely more conservative than I am, which sure. isn't hard to be more conservative than me. I'm fully aware of that. But his words ring true about the divide and crossing it. I don't want people to hear this and think that I'm saying be polite and don't call people out on their stuff?
1: No, right? what you're saying is call people out for what they're saying, not what they look like right. and what their belief may be.
0: Right, like call people out on substance. Argue with policies, argue with statements, argue with perspectives. Don't argue with what they're wearing.
1: Now, if you're going to craft an argument and you want it to be faith-based, Mm-hmm. How do you go about crafting this and figuring it out? Do you have to go reread the Bible and study up?
0: This is where one of the things that I love about the ELCA, we have something called the social statements. Okay. And these are documents on hot topic issues from genetics, like genetic modification of seeds and things like that for farming. Stem cells, I'm guessing. Stem cell research, exactly. To abortion, to... Love and sex and marriage, and how to do that in a faith based way, all of those kinds of topics. Prison, there was a fantastic statement on the prison system and the prison industry and the injustices within that. There's a great statement recently released around gender based violence. So, all of these kinds of topics that are hot button topics, I'll say, which are, I mean, it's more than being a hot button topic. This stuff matters sure. in our world, right? The mass incarceration of generations of black and brown bodies yeah, is a...
1: It an, impacts everybody more than we're willing to understand or believe.
0: It is a phenomenal illness in our country. It is. And we fund it by our investments. White people are funding for-profit prisons more than we know. Oh, yeah. Right? Even Thrivent Financial invests money into for-profit prisons. And so any of our members that are using Thrivent Financial for their mutual funds or those kinds of funds are making money off of for-profit prisons. It is a cancer in our culture. And if we don't look at these things, right, they are absolutely counter to bringing the kingdom. So these statements are statements that have been requested by the church body, by members of the church. It's gone all the way to the National Assembly and been requested A group of people have spent years formulating it, studying the scripture, studying policy, all that kind of stuff, crafting a statement, goes back out to the church. People get to give feedback on it. It's changed and edited and then represented to the national church body for vote.
1: That's fascinating. So it essentially filters up from the people, Mm -hmm. goes through the governing body and filters back down to the people. And then is voted on. Yes. Wow. So
0: it's a long process. Sure. It's like a six to 10 year process for each of these statements and has thousands of people in the process. And then it becomes a document that we can look at and it's like a distilling. So you can read and say, okay, what do we say about abortion? And how do we have a faith-based response to this conversation around reproductive justice? And we can look at that, even though it's an old document now, it was written in the 90s now, but we can still look back to that and say, okay, here's how we stand on reproductive justice. Here are the scriptures that inform us. Here's the practices that inform us. And here's where our church as a national body stands on this topic. That informs our hospitals. It involves our professional medical care individuals. It informs me as a pastor when I'm working with someone who's contemplating how to move forward with their reproductive health, right? And we have these documents, so the work is done. We just need to access it, read it. They're not light reading, you know? (laughs) It's It's not
1: legalese, but it's also not, you know, a BuzzFeed fluff article.
0: Totally. It's serious stuff. It's serious academic, rigorous faith-based based argument for us to take a look at these topics and i think it's an incredibly underutilized resource that sure. we have in our denomination they're online you can access them 24/7 and i think that for any of us who are looking at how do we speak publicly with some girding around us sure that is a phenomenal place to start and they usually have like for more information go read these other scholars Right. So you can dig deeper if you want. Mm-hmm. Highly, highly commend them, especially this year. Right. Especially as we begin to have conversations around health care for all or student loan forgiveness or immigration. These are things that are going to come up yep. as the presidential election continues and as we move towards November. And so to have that ability to speak as a person of faith and to own our Christianity in the public sphere in a way to counter the toxic Christianity that we see in the sphere, and I'm going to call it out as toxic. Sure. And I'm going to call it out as heretical. I don't agree with it. And that might get me in trouble, but that's the truth of it. And that's what I want to say is that this is not about not being clear what we stand against. It's about being clear why we say this. Okay. Okay. And it's not just that I don't like the way they run their church, I think it's stupid. Here are the theological ways, and here are the repercussions, and here's the reasons why. That's what we need to be working on. We need to work on how to speak those arguments clear and coherently. We need to stand up and be honest to it. And we need to talk to policy, not just keep taking pot shots. Excellent. Okay, that's going to
1: lead me to my last question. After this, did you reach out to other clergy and see what the other reactions were? If anybody
0: was similar to you, speaking about the national prayer breakfast. Yes, I didn't. It was a couple days later that it was two clergy friends from my cohort, that from my doctoral cohort, sure. that actually posted. Now the... these are not all Lutherans either. No, correct? neither of them are Lutherans. Just as a, no, a yeah, reminder. No. They shared not President Trump's speech, which was after the speaker, but they shared the speaker's words. It was a transcript of the speaker's words. Okay. And he's a Catholic and spoke beautifully and eloquently to the words of Christ. And the big challenge of overcoming the divide in our country and learning how to love our enemy in order to build our country to a better place. That's what the speaker's speech was about. That is what the speaker's speech was about. The president, within the first two minutes, said he didn't agree with, and then moved forward on. And the argument on that is that President Trump wasn't just disagreeing with this gentleman, he was disagreeing with the words of Christ. Wow. And that's hard to start there and then go forward from, in my estimation. Yeah. So it was interesting to me that I had both of them lift that up. I shared that Article on my Facebook. We'll link it on our page, on our Absolutely. podcast page, for people to read. Read what was said. Read what was said from words of faith in that day, and see what we can learn and accept that challenge.
1: Well, and I think those of us who do call themselves any faith really need to take a good look at what the president is saying and understand how we feel about that and mm-hmm. what we should do about that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: Oh, it's hard. It's going to be a hard few months. It's going to be a very hard year. Yes, and, and we're not going to candy coat that as we're talking throughout the rest of the year. And as we move forward, I will say that I continue to plan an open house on November 3rd here at Central. Okay. I want to open up the church as a place for people to be here and just be present. Um, not to throw a party, not to throw a condolence, not any of that, but just to be in a location and a place. A safe where you space. Don't, a safe space where you don't have to pay to be present and alcohol will not be involved. So if someone's trying to remain sober that day, it would be a space to be. Sure. Right. So I think that's going to be important that we create spaces like that on that day. I think you're right. And the day after, no matter what happens.
1: Yeah, one way or another, it's going to be important. It's going to be a hard
0: day. So that's the plan. Excellent.
1: Well, thank you, Pastor Amanda, for taking time to help us learn a little more about policies versus shots.
0: I look forward to sitting down with you another week on another topic. As do I, and thank you all for listening in. If you have questions, comments, or thoughts, you are welcome to reach out to us at podcast at centralportland.org. I look forward to hearing from you. Until we are back in your ears again, remember, God loves you no matter what.